How's it going, everyone? This is Jason Navarro. You're listening to Tongues Out Podcast. And let's just jump right into today's subject, where essentially, if uh, if you didn't notice already, one of my favorite and probably uh, one of few hobbies that you can do pretty efficiently during this pandemic is um, gaming. Gaming has always been uh, a part of me, and I'll never forget when I was uh, just a little kid, probably six years old, I was introduced to the NES or the um, the original Nintendo, and I played a ton of, of games on there. Uh, Mario, Duck Hunt were my like two favorite ones on the NES. Played that for a long time. Uh, went from that directly to a Sega Genesis, um, and then have just been playing every every console that's ever come out ever since. Like after the Genesis, got my hands on a PlayStation, PlayStation Two, N sixty four. Like consoles that people don't even know about, like a game, like every variation of Game Boy, um, uh, portable um, Genesis that was called a Nomad, which ate up six batteries over the course of just one hour, double A batteries. But it was so awesome. You could take your Genesis games, your cartridges, and put them in this device. It was pretty bulky, uh, but you were able to take your your um, your genesis games with you on the go which was awesome because at the time as a kid i was traveling a lot to columbia and so having the ability to do that was pretty awesome but most of the time you were just plugged up into the wall because it was just draining your batteries all the time um it was way ahead of its time super ahead of its time and i had a pcp uh or psp pcp psp oh my god pcp uh a psp um uh a DS, Nintendo DS, um, Game Boy, shoot, a Wii, original Wii. Never got the Wii U, but I had a roommate that had the Wii U. Uh, the Switch, Xbox, Xbox 360, uh, Xbox One. <laughs> I haven't gotten the new Xbox consoles because um, I became a PC gamer in between there as well. So built my first computer when I was 17 years old. And then I uh, built another one when I was 20 and um, stopped gaming altogether when I was transitioning from being an introvert to an extrovert. So there was like a five-year gap where I wasn't gaming at all. Then when I was 25, I got back into gaming, um, bought like gaming laptops at that point, didn't really um, build a PC again until my most recent one, which I built four years ago three years ago four years ago three years ago i think i think it's three years old um i'm trying to do the math when did i build this thing 2000 was it in 2018 i think it was in 2018 like or late 2017 but um at the time it was the the best specs you could get on a, on a pc it still is i mean technically it runs every game that i needed to run it's just not the highest upgraded PC at the moment because a lot of stuff has come out since I, I made this computer. If you had an, uh, the ability to, to see it in person, you would be like, wow, what, what is this? Uh, it's a beaut. I love it. It's, it's like, this is like my baby, my gaming PC. But um, I, I have been having an itch for a long time to build a new computer. And there's a lot of new components and parts that have come out that are pretty awesome. But uh, the reason why I've been holding off on building a computer for a long time is just a, 
I knew that the last iteration of stuff that came out a year and a half ago or two years ago was like an in-between between what I have and what potentially could be coming out, which is what's out now. And so the best time to buy, honestly, would be right now. But the thing is, is that all those things are super inflated in cost. I'm in absolutely no rush, but they're in so like huge demand, like the the processors and the video cards that the cost for them has has jumped up by almost like 30 to 50% like higher of a markup, which there's no need to pay for that unless you like desperately need it. But the other reason why I've been holding off is over the course of being a gamer, I've seen the transition of technology. It's amazing. Like to think that I will be one of very few generations that really can appreciate where gaming has come from, like where gaming started uh, and then, I mean, honestly, you could talk about the Atari and the Commodore 64, which uh, which existed maybe 15 years, 20 years prior to, like, me getting into gaming. But that's not really what led to the mainstream gaming situation. Like, the, the NES really restarted gaming. After that, going to, the, like, the Genesis, the PlayStation, that's, like, when things started to kind of... And it just, it's gone up ever since. There's never been, like, a, a downward turn in gaming after that. And so I've been able to see these transitions from like 8-bit gaming and side-scroller games all the way to like uh, virtual reality, which I have an Oculus, barely use it. I should use it more. Um, like virtual reality, these lifelike gaming on, on like a PC or like that newer end like consoles like the Xbox Series X or the PlayStation 5. It's just, it's unbelievable to see that, that change. But one of the technologies that I'm so excited for is not the, on the graphical sense or how quickly games can load now. Like, I mean, literally games load so quickly. Saves are awesome. Like you don't have to wait. It's just really awesome. But more than that, talking about just like a game loading quickly, there's a new form of technology that's rolling out that it couldn't exist in the past. It, I mean... There were instances of it. This technology isn't brand new. But because the internet is so fast now and it's getting faster, especially with the rollout of 5G technology, um, which essentially gives you like gigabit download speeds, but wirelessly. So essentially more and more people can have access to faster internet without having to get fiber optics sent directly into their house, which could be pretty expensive um, or into their neighborhood per se. So... More and more people are going to be having access to faster internet in, in the coming years. Like we're talking, I mean, it just started rolling out last year. It's in its infancy, but it's going to be probably in its maturity somewhere in the next two to three years. That's kind of what happened with 4G technology or LTE. Um, it took about a year and a half to two years for like the, the different formats of 4G to compete against one another. And then finally one kind of spearheaded or like took it, was like the most efficient and the best version of 4G technology. And that's LTE. And then once like LTE became popular, then um, everyone was using it. And we've been using it for, like I said, uh, actually probably longer, probably like six years. Because I remember when 4G rolled out six, seven years ago, um, I, I was an early adopter into it. Tried WiMAX, um, which was or like an early version of 4g technology that sprint spearheaded that didn't really take off lte was like more like at&t and t-mobile at&t was the one that was pushing it here in the u.s 
And I remember at the time, like when I was doing like speed tests, like internet download speeds, I was like, wow, this is mind boggling compared to like 3G. And 5G is just like that for 4G, like compared to 4G. So this new faster internet allows you to kind of, it's going to revolutionize essentially like everything we do, like the type of things that we could do from our cell phone to our laptops. There's this new format of, of entertainment that's going to exist where essentially you could have the slowest phone ever, but it doesn't matter because everything is going to be done on a server instead. And then it's just going to be, as long as you have a 5G cell phone or something with super fast internet, uh, like Wi-Fi 6, you're going to, and then by the way, I'm, I could sit here for hours and hours trying to explain to you guys like what these individual technologies are. Just look them up. <laughs> um, if you guys are really interested, I mean, I could do future podcasts talking about these individual different uh, technologies themselves. But all of these new formats of internet are going to allow people to, in real time, play games or use software that would be very that would require a very powerful computer or a very powerful gaming console and they're going to allow you to play that on anything and that technology exists now and it's so awesome so my little brother just moved in from new zealand uh he's going to be here it'll be a week in sunday but um i didn't want him to feel like uh he's in quarantine at the moment but i wanted him to be able to game well, I've been a person that uses Google products forever and I pay for almost every Google membership you could think of. And because of that, I get different benefits sometimes and Google will send me free stuff. Like I have maybe like 5 million Google homes that they've sent me for free, which is pretty cool. Um, but something that Google came out with a year ago, early last year, was something called Stadia, which if you're familiar in gaming, you'll know what I'm talking about. But if not, Stadia is Google's... Um, entry into gaming essentially like competing against like xbox and playstation but they didn't roll out a console what they rolled out was this technology that i was talking about where you use your google chromecast already if you don't know what the chromecast is i, I mean i don't know what universe you live in but a chromecast is essentially a little dongle that you attach to your 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 monitor or your tv through hdmi and it has a, um, an internet access. And then you're able to stream anything you want from your computer or your cell phone to your TV directly without needing like a computer or anything attached to the, the TV. It's just like a little dongle that you just put into the HDMI port. It just needs its own individual power, but just uses USB power. So it's not like power hungry. Well, um, Stadia allows you to essentially play like Xbox type of games or like computer type games directly from a Chromecast. And like I said, the Chromecast isn't that powerful at all, but it doesn't need to be because it just needs to have connection to the internet. And then when you're playing these games, you're playing directly through Google servers. And so Google's had a presence for a long time now. They've had, they have servers literally in every state and massive servers so it was logical for them to kind of get into this gaming space. Um, so I got to uh, both my wife and I, uh, because we're like on a like a a YouTube family plan. They sent both of us a hundred dollar like Stadia package, where essentially they send you a controller, a Google Chromecast Ultra, which is like their best Chromecast you can get, and um, that allows you to play Stadia. 
anywhere you want. And so the awesome thing about this, and I was, I was like, well, I don't use this. Let me just put up, prop up a monitor in my brother's room on a desk and attach this Chromecast to it and allow him to just try it out. And so uh, I tried it for a month, but I barely used it because I already have like a really good uh, gaming PC and there's no sense of me trying that software. But uh, my brother's been playing on it forever now and I have like really fast internet and that's all you really need. It's like really good internet for this to really work. And so he's been playing uh, games that he normally would have played on like the Xbox or like on a computer, but he's playing it directly off this, this Chromecast and I've been asking him occasionally when I get a chance to talk to him. Uh, like how's it, how's it been working? He's like, dude, it's awesome. This is, this is crazy. I like, it's awesome to think that I could be playing this, um, off of just like a simple Chromecast. Like I don't need like a computer or I don't need like a, a Xbox. And I was like, I know. Right. And this is like huge. This is, this is the future. Essentially people like I spent $2,500 on my PC, uh, three years ago, four years ago. And that's a considerable amount of money that a lot of people don't have the ability to afford to pay for, um, for something like that, for this level of gaming. And I'm planning on eventually building a new PC. I just, I just enjoy having a computer, but I might hold off on that if this technology gets better and better and improves because I'd be looking at spending like another three grand for the type of PC that I'm looking to, to build. And so, um, some of these services only cost like $5, $10 a month and give you access to a plethora of games like Xbox, for instance. They're spearheading this really hard at the moment. They rolled out something called the Xbox Game Pass and Microsoft is pushing this super hard. And they came up with the consoles. They came up with the new Xbox. But they're also going to come out with something similar to the Chromecast where if people can't afford to buy an Xbox, you could spend 30 bucks. Get this dongle, plug it into your HDMI port, and pay for the Xbox Game Pass, which gives you access to all their Xbox games that they've uh, that they have on their platform. And you just pay like a monthly fee of like ten dollars a month, and you just have this dongle, and you can play your Xbox games anywhere you want. And the awesome thing about this is that it's seamlessly you can seamlessly start playing your games from anywhere. So let's say I'm playing in my living room, playing on the TV and I'm like, well, shoot, like I need to go. Um, I need to go to my bedroom um, or it's getting late. I just want to lay in bed, but I want to keep playing this game. You can stop playing the game on your TV and go on your cell phone and play the game on your cell phone. And it doesn't matter how, what kind of cell phone you have, as long as it has a screen and connects it to the internet, it uses absolutely barely any of your your hardware on your your devices and all of it's virtual. And so this is the future. This is awesome because it's going to give people the ability that don't have access to a lot of money to spend on really good hardware to spend like a you know $10 a month to get access to be able to play games all the time. And yeah, over the long run it might cost you more, but no one really thinks like that when they can just you know save a considerable amount of money not to invest initially and just pay the 10, 15 bucks a month to get next level gaming anywhere they want it. And honestly, it's even more convenient than, than having a PC because to stream this PC wirelessly to any one of my devices, I would have to get a separate device 
that allows me to do that. And it just becomes more and more costly to invest in that kind of technology. Um, there's a company called Shadow that allows you to essentially have a game, like a high level gaming PC. And, but they manage everything on their server and you just need to have a fast internet. And they charge only like 12 bucks a month. Google Stadia is, I think, $10 a month. Xbox Game Pass is like uh, $15 a month for their PC version or $10 a month for the console. Um, PlayStation's working on something like it, but it, they haven't ruled out anything really good at all. But this is awesome, to be honest. Like, it's so exciting to see where this is going to go and take off at. And for those that, like, are intimidated to, like, um, spend a lot of money but really want to play games with their friends, this th- this technology would have been great right now during the pandemic if more and more of these companies really advertised and, and focused on advertising their services, but they haven't. And I feel like that they dropped the ball really hard on that But because a lot of people are in lockup at the moment and they just want to play games, but it, it's almost impossible for, the, for them to get their hands on the newer consoles or it's... Uh, super costly for them to build their own computer or even buy a custom made PC because these parts are just so expensive. This is where these companies could really leverage that opportunity at the moment. And there's so many people that want to play games, but um, definitely look into it. It's just virtual gaming um, or stream like game streaming. Uh, Game streaming would probably be the more proper terminology for it. But Again, you need to have a sufficient internet speed. So you need like 15 megabit download speeds. But that's for most people in urban areas or, uh, yeah, for, why am I getting that? Um, for urban individuals, um, I was about to say suburban for some reason, but for people that live in urban cities, just like big cities, you're going to be getting those download speeds. Like even at the slowest internet speed that you're going to be paying for, you're going to be getting that. It's only the people that live in suburban areas where they have to like use like satellite technology or something that's like super inefficient, like dial up. Those are the people that really can't play on this, but I don't think anyone that's listening to my podcast is from those areas. And for international people, I know that that technology is isn't really that's the other cool thing about it it's not regionally locked because you just again you just need to have a sufficient internet speed but definitely look into it um shadow stadia or excuse me shadow uh or google stadia or xbox game pass um are like the 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 big popular ways to to game virtually but either way Thank you guys so much for tuning into today's podcast and I'll catch you guys manana. Peace.